Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, 
let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. Yes, he has. Giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed. Walk out of the middle class. Become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book, The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated of the day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids, or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this book is free 99 yes you heard me free 99 okay <laughs> all you for free yes free 99 all you have to do is just pay shipping and handling that's it nine dollars and 95 cents just to get your free book this book is a life changer i'm trying to tell you guys everything in this book is what antonio taught myself in grace that enabled us to retire yes we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet I'm just saying. I got a few months to go. Don't worry about it. Shh. Don't nobody need to know that, girl. (laughs) You don't look it. That's it. Go get it. Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom and this book is your journey out. You can plant better. You can dominate. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this evening's Bureau Keynote. Looking forward to our speaker for the evening. As always, if you are in a position to, please turn on your camera so that we can see your shining, smiling faces. And also, when it is time to, if you have any questions or comments, if your screen is on, you can wave your hand. We will acknowledge you that way. If your screen is not on, not to worry. You can click on participants. From there, you will see a small blue hand that says raise hand. You can click on that, and we will acknowledge you that way. And also, you can type in your questions and comments in the chat. Now, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I present to you Coach Brian Spencer. And the topic of his keynote is, who am I? Good evening, everyone. Uh, there's a beautiful young lady who walks in that sixth period class. Nobody ever seen her before. And her walk, her talk, her dress, her smile, her body. And then there's a guy that walks through the mall and got an entourage of six or seven people and everybody's running up to him. And you're standing off in the distance. He's getting autographs from everybody. Then there's this Lamborghini that drives down the middle of your neighborhood. And there's this couple that pulls up to the fine dining restaurant and, and a limousine and they get out and they don't have to wait in line. They get escorted back to a private room. All those people, they generate the same question amongst many people. Who's that? So that question generated the same thought of myself. Who am I? Brian Key Spencer, birthplace, Kansas City, Missouri. Grew up 
son of a coach. Am I the kid who only remembers riding on my dad's back down the hallway? He'd sing songs, I'm riding on his back, just having a good time, laughing and joking, singing songs. Or am I the four-year-old kid in Baltimore, Maryland, who only remembers playing wiffle ball and my mom telling me that you better not go down that hill. Stay away from down that hill and that neighborhood down Or am I the guy in Ithaca, New York, who, if you ask Peter Smiley, was the best friend anybody could ever have? Or am I the guy that was scared to death to be around <laughs> all these college football players who stood over the top of me? They seem like giants. Or am I the guy that, if you ask Chris Barr, was the best athlete that he'd ever seen? Confident all the time. Wasn't scared of anything. You give him a dare, he would do it. Or, if you ask me, am I the guy that was petrified of failing? Am I the guy that always had to win, always had to be the best, simply because of who my father was? Or am I the guy in Syracuse, New York, who, you know, son of the first African-American football coach in the history of not only Cornell University, but now also Syracuse University? Am I the guy that, you know, everybody wants to be around and hang around because I get the tickets to the big-time games and um, I get to go watch my dad speak to, to the Syracuse Chiefs Farm Club baseball team and I get to travel around the country going to these big-time football games and basketball games? Is that, is that who I am? If you ask Benji Smith, that's who I am. If you ask Ron Simber, I'm the kid who nobody could beat in around the world. Around the world was a math game that we played, and the teacher would hold up the cue card, and you would start at your desk, and you stand next to some, uh, the person at the next desk, and she'd show the, 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 the flash card, and whoever said to answer the first would move on to the next desk and do the same thing again, and the first person to get back to the original seat would win. If you ask Ron Simber, I'm the guy that never lost in that game, ever. But if you ask me, I'm the kid that used to be real lonely because when they got the neighborhood games together, a lot of times they didn't want me to play because I dominated. So they wouldn't even ask me to play. So I would sit in my window and look outside and watch the kids playing in the street. There was times when I would walk down the street, they played in the park down the street. I would walk down the street and they would be playing and they would act like they didn't even see me. So who am I? Am I the guy in Fayetteville, North Carolina that, that they call the, the little African? <laughs> Who's this African wearing boots and turtlenecks? Long before everybody was rocking Timberlands and, and mock necks and turtlenecks, long before it was cool. Who, who am I? Am I the guy that, that, that everybody thinks is super, super confident in his athletic abilities? Or am I the guy that uh, Mr. Piro said was scared for everybody to know that he was smart? If you ask David Williams, I was the, the funniest guy to ever come through Westover Junior High School. If you ask Bruce Wade, I was, I was the coolest friend you could ever have. But, but, but who am I really? If you ask me at that time, man, I felt like an eyeball. Because in that math class with David Williams, I had to sit by myself because I was so far ahead of everybody else in math that my teacher had to give me my own assignments to do by myself and I felt isolated. I already didn't know anybody in the school but the math work that they were doing, I had done two years ago. So am I really the class clown? Is that who I really am? Or am I somebody just trying to fit in? If you ask me, I don't know. 
Who am I? Am I the guy at, at Pine Forest High School that didn't play football or basketball? Simply because I was mad that we moved again? Or am I really somebody that wanted to turn Fayetteville, North Carolina out? Did I really want to show everybody who I really was as an athlete? Or am I the guy that's mad at his dad because I didn't ever want to leave Syracuse, New York? Who am I? Am I the guy that running around chasing girls? Drinking, smoking, not even playing the sports that he really loves. Is that who I am? Or am I the guy secretly who's now sitting in the stands watching other guys play, knowing that I'm supposed to be out there shining? Who am I? Am I the guy that in the military who drinking, fighting, doing anything and everything other than what he's really supposed to be doing? Is that who I really am? Am I the guy that's supposed to get kicked out of the military simply because you don't want to do simple things that people are asking you to do? Is that who I really am? Or am I the guy that didn't want to go to the military in the first place? Who am I? Who am I? Am I the guy that has three, three kids Oldest one thinks I'm the, the greatest thing that ever walked the face of the earth. Who's not my biological son, but treats me like I am. Shows me unconditional love. Am I the, am I the dad that when my daughter was two years old, didn't recognize me? Am I the dad when I was, when my son was, other son was two years old? He walked away and gave me a look that, like he knew he was never going to see me again. Who am I? Am I the dad that showed up again after not seeing his kids for six years? Not hearing from them, not talking to them, not knowing where they are? Shows up and now wants to be a part of their life? Who am I? Or am I the guy that was searching for his kids? for six years. Didn't know where they were. Who am I? It depends on who you ask. So, so who am I? Am I the son that you can count on anytime that you're in need? Am I the son that uh, when you need someone to help pull your brother up out of his wheelchair because he's falling out of his wheelchair, am I the son that you can count on to do that? Who am I? Or am I the son that really hates to hear you call my name? Because I'm tired. I'm worn out. Who am I? If you ask my wife, depending on what day of the week it is, <laughs> I'm the greatest man to walk the face of the earth. That's probably, that's probably on Saturday. <laughs> but on Sunday, <laughs> woo -woo, she might not say the same thing. Who am I? If you ask my basketball players on the team that I coach, who am I? 
Five o'clock, Monday morning. If you ask them who I am, they probably won't be the same person that they say that I am when they call me at two o'clock in the morning because they got something they want to talk about. So who am I? Well, I'm all these things. I'm all these things. Sometimes uh, I feel like the guy who's, who was dying to graduate high school so he could leave home and go to college. Sometimes I feel like the guy who couldn't wait to finish college so he could start his career and earn a living and take care of himself. Sometimes I feel like the guy who um, uh, start, couldn't wait to get married <clears throat> so he could start a family. Sometimes I feel like the guy who couldn't wait for those kids to turn 18 so they get out the house. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the guy who, who has an empty nest, but then all of a sudden feels like he's just dying. So, so who am I? I don't know exactly who I am, but I am becoming a resource of knowledge and information for wannabe dads and wannabe um, husbands and wannabe coaches. I'm becoming a resource of information in my field of, of expertise. I'm becoming a man whose life is worth watching. I'm becoming someone who creates opportunities for others. I'm, I'm becoming someone who gives hope to people who might have lost their way and feel like it's, it's, it's too late for them to accomplish the goals and dreams that, um, that they had in their life. Um, I'm becoming somebody who realizes that sometimes, you know, I'm lost and I don't know the way. Sometimes I make mistakes and I'm not right. Sometimes, you know, the situation is not about me. I'm becoming somebody who also realizes that if I stay connected to the source, to the one person, to the one thing that does know the correct path for my life, yeah, if I stay connected to um, the person who knows all things and doesn't make mistakes, if I stay, stay connected to uh, the person who life, is who life really is all about, who gave their life so that I might have eternal life, uh, if I stay connected to that person, then I can become what it is and who I was created to be. And then I would know who I truly am. And then I can live my life by a quote uh, by my favorite person, my childhood hero, Jackie Robinson, which simply says, life is not important except the impact it has on other lives. So who am I? I don't know, but I like who I am becoming. The question is, who are you? That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, unmute your mics and give Coach Spencer a round of applause. <laughs> All right. We have time for some positive feedback. So if you would, um, if your camera's on, if you wave your hand, if you would like to give some feedback to Coach Spencer. If your camera's not on, if you want to raise your hand, give the blue emoji. If you click on participants, and from there you'll see raise hand. And I can see in the chat for the participants who would like to give some positive feedback to Coach Spencer. Is there anyone who would like to give some positive feedback? Okay, I'm looking, making sure. Okay, well, I will be the first to go. Thank you so much, Coach Spencer, for your keynote this evening. You gave us a lot to think about because, you know, you said you are all those things. Uh, and at the end, when I heard it, I, I said, I think I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> he said, I'm all those things. But the question is, who are you? And I appreciate you for that, for us to really reflect on, hey, do we know who we really are? And so I thank you for that, sir. You did a wonderful job this evening. All right. I see your hand. Mr. Maurice, you can go ahead. 
Thank you. Thank you, Coach Spencer. I appreciate um, your genuineness, your transparencies, and definitely being unique and um, um, your ability to be transparent and share, you know, share things about yourself that so it made it, made it more interesting and it, it was relatable. I can relate to uh, those things that, you know, when, when you mentioned, you know, on, what, on any given day, who are you to your spouse? Um, you know, who are you to the people that look up to you? So it definitely was relatable and definitely some key points and I wonder. Yep, yeah, those are the those are the takeaways that I have for you for that. That's what I got from it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Right, good stuff, good stuff. To anyone else who would like to give some positive feedback. Yeah, you are very welcome, sir. Thank you. All right, Mr. Law Lowe's Hope. Yes, I was trying to rush back to my computer here. Uh, I love the quote. The quote stuck out to me the most. It was something that really, it was like a gut punch. It made you really think about what you're doing. And then lastly, a call of action. Sometimes we forget who we are as a person and we kind of just follow suit with everything else. But it's time that everyone stood up and just remembered who you are and do what you want to do. So I thank you for that. Thank you for the feedback. Appreciate it. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Do we have anyone else who would like to give Coach Benefit some positive feedback? All right, Mr. Corey. Uh, hey, Coach Mesa. I actually, I, I like your, I like your vulnerability as well. I liked how you were able to share how people saw you on the outside, and then how you actually felt about yourself, and the conflict that you consistently dealt with throughout your life, and how that allowed you to build who you are and who you would, who you would become. So that was a really good. It was kind of like a journey throughout it because you you shared different parts of your life and who you were in that life, who people saw you as, and who, who you were. So that was actually really good. So thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, okay, good, that's good stuff. Um, I believe we have time for one or two more. If anyone wanted to give their thoughts and positive feedback to Coach Spencer, pull it back into him. Okay, we have time for one more. Time for one more. Anyone like to give their feedback? Okay, I think I'm about to call on somebody real quick. Hold on, if they are available. Mr. Bethany, you know I gotta hear from you. You know I gotta hear from you, sir. <laughs> Mr. Bethany, did you have any, any thoughts from Mr. Coach Spencer? I was just, I just sat here and I was it, it drove me to keep questioning myself and in the audience uh, your transparency made me question who am I and and that's the whole purpose of the keynote is to help me sitting in the audience to find out to discover who I am and I love the way you 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 answered your own questions you you, you presented the question and I was able to ask questions about myself. I said, yeah, I was very quiet. Uh, my whole body language was, I was very attentive because I, I was moved by it. Who am I? And the call to action is the part that really moved me. And I'll, I'll reiterate what Law said. And he, he, he complimented your call to action. You know, that, that's, and especially in this time that we're living right now, who am I? I think we all are being redefined by what's happening right now. And I think it's a very timely message. It's inspirational. But it comes as a question. And even after I leave the audience tonight, I'm going to still question, who am I? And what you gave us tonight was your transparency of who you are and you're confident. And that's what I got from it. You're very confident. And you, you didn't leave us wondering about your confidence. That's the words that I have to say. I think it was very, very good, very powerful. Thank your you. Pace was, was very conversational. I felt it was one-on-one. -on -one. Thank you very much, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
Is this the first time you gave that presentation? Very first time. It's a fantastic job. That was very impressive. That was great. Thank yeah, you. It, it was very moving. Um, yeah, a lot of things have already been said. Who am I? And then you come back with who am I? And then get into it. Right. Um, it was eight. It was fourteen minutes before you say I am all these things. So I don't know if it was a little long to get there. My impatientness, and it's it. This is just my opinion, and I'm wrong often. So you know, don't take what I'm saying as gospel. Just just one guy's way to look at it. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I was finally. I was finally okay. Let's get on with this. You know, now there's going to be some people in the audience that are like me, and some people that aren't. But you need to. You may need to say, and who are you? I'm here today to let you know who am I and all the versions of which I am. But at the end, I'm going to want to know who are you and what can you do about it? Because that's where you say, because who am I? I'm a resource. That's where you really flipped it. Right. So, here's all the things I am. But because of that, I'm a resource to you. And then you might want to ask the audience, who relates to that? What, what part of my who am I did relate to you the most? You know, you finished it 17 minutes after. We give you 25 minutes. So again, we're, we're, we're encouraging you that if you're a professional out there and they hire you for 25 minutes, they want you to take the 25 minutes. Right. So you might not have been on when we made that clear to people. So, I'll, but that's just part of being a pro. You don't take 26 or 27 or 30 minutes because the biggest complaint meeting planners have is he went over his time, but you right. do want to take the time allotted to you. Right. Um, you had great pauses. Your vocal variance in terms of the pauses was good. I would have liked to say, have you been a little louder, a little softer? Uh, I would imagine when you talk to your ball team, that's not the kind of tone that you have. I'd imagine it's a little bit more uh, animated. Would you agree? Well, definitely. Yeah, so I would like to see some of that in you because I think that's where your comfort is the most. You know, one of the things we check you up on on gestures, well, my suggestion would have some. <laughs> have some right. gestures. You had no right. gestures. <laughs> so use your whole body because that's another way to get people, keep people with you. You know, you want to be completely immersed in what you're trying to co communicate. So you use your hands, you use your body. You, you know, everybody knows Zig Ziglar when he gets down on one knee. You know, that, he's doing that to make a point. All those things are part of the pre performance. Because as a professional speaker, you've got to look at this not only as you're a teacher, you're a resource, you're also a performer. Right. So think more of the performance aspect as you're trying to go through this. I love uh, Corey's, Corey's comment about the conflict. That's something you could expand on. Here's somebody who had to be a good example because his dad, now did he coach at Cornell and then he coached at Syracuse? Right. Yeah, so that, that would have been a lot of pressure on you to be, the, it's like a preacher's son. You're like the coach's son. I was both. Oh, he was a preacher? <laughs> yeah, later on. <laughs> Bless you, my son. And that's, yeah. something you could, that's something you could add in there. You know, do you know what it's like not only to be the coach's son, to be the preacher's son? I'm a preacher's kid. What's it called? PK? Yeah, PK. I'm, PK. I'm also a, 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 a CK. That's a coach's kid. So you can imagine the amount of pressure that was on me. I love the things that they didn't pick you because you were too good. And that's where you could say, I, what I learned from that, as you work out this material, I think you can maybe disclose earlier in your presentation of who you are and that, 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 that that's what you're going to go through. But every time you give an example, you cite, what did you learn from that example, good and bad? And that way you can bring to the table some, some, uh, some understanding of the people sitting in the audience. Because I'm, I'm saying, okay, I, uh, what can I get out of this guy? Your intro, you need more. We say your introduction should be six to eight sentences. And it's okay. what the audience needs to hear about you so you don't have to tell them. Okay. So as you work on the introduction, or if you want to get a look at my kind of my introduction to the structure or just go speaker's introductions, you can see them. But I'm into short introductions, but not as short as yours was. You need okay. a little bit more because the audience wants to know more about you. Uh, I agree with the humor. It depends on the day of your wife. That gave us a little bit of, of, of relax and it made us take a breath. You had very good eye contact. You were into the camera. You were really, you were locked in. So that was good. Um, yeah, I think for the first time you're presenting that, uh, excellent. But again, you make your best, Woody Hayes says, you make your best improvement between your first and second game. Right. So I hope you're going to take some time to go back and look at this and see how you can get better for the next one and the next one. 
and constantly realize your job up there as a professional speaker is to impact those people sitting in the audience so strongly that they take the information you're giving them and go out and use them in the court of life. And that's something that you can say as a coach. My job as a coach with my team is to get them to understand certain things to the extent that then they take them out and implement them on the court. I'm going to do that here today for you today. I'm going to give you ideas and concepts that I'm going to waste my time and your time unless you take them and implement them in the court of life. So you can use that metaphor from how you treat your team to how you treat your audiences as you're out there. Right. And I think that would be a good, good little twist in on it. Um, I know I should be saying um, but I'm kind of reading my notes and sometimes I can't read my own writing. Yeah, the Jackie Robinson's code, that's perfect. An impact. And that's what I'm here today for you, for you people. I want to impact you in a way. And how can you relate? So that was good. So yeah, uh, great job, Coach, for your first one. That was exemplary. Just keep it up. Hey, did you ever have a meeting with the president yet? Still haven't had it. Well, I'm anxious to hear the results from it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think this helped. Huh? I think this this definitely helped. Oh, good. So you got any feedback for us? Um, one, I was nervous. <laughs> You didn't come across that You came across as, as intent, so I think that's good. Yeah, that's. I think that's part of just the, the sports part, the athletic part. You come time to play, you gotta play. Um, yeah. It's showtime. But uh, yeah, it's time. You gotta do it. But um, I was very, very nervous. Um, I was, I was um, to be, to be. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. You get on I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Um, That's an inside joke for the I, <laughs> But I, I, point. I was, I was, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to um, get my point across um, without. I said, um, I was, I was, I was afraid I was going to get my point across without saying exactly everything that I wanted to say. And so I had my setup here so that I can trying to keep eye contact but have my notes right around my camera but it still didn't come out like I wanted it to come out you know it didn't I didn't say some of the things I really wanted to say and and some things came in I don't know where it came from um so I kind of want I want to be more polished so that I make sure that I you know make the points I want to make I guess I'm trying to say yeah well you as a coach and you get your growth in the film room Right, right, right. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, I also, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the feedback. And I, but I'm one who, I really, I really appreciate, and I, I mean, I, I mean this in a nice way to everybody else. I, I appreciate, you know, the what I didn't do stuff. You know, I appreciate the, the you know, the nice things everybody said. I appreciate that. I, I take it to heart. You know, I believe it came from a sincere place. But I'm really the type of person that I grow from because I've, I've had pets on the back of my life you know what i mean and, and i you know i i like people to just listen this is what you you need to work on this you gotta well, do better at that so that's we have it set up that way um that the audience it's like they're sitting in the audience so they're going to applaud right. you at the end and that's their right. job so right. that's applause and then so right. and I are the ones to critique it Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it's like the other participants are your audience that's that's listening and giving giving what they want to say. If uh, you know, having right. applause, it's like they're standing up right. and then maybe somebody else isn't going to say anything because they don't feel like it or you know. But then right. so critique. And I agree with what Phil what Phil said as far as expanding it out and everything. Right. I mean, 
back and listen to that and save that. Right. And then, you know, I'd love to help you develop that more because the whole intent of this is for you to go out there and it to be marketable, for someone to hire you to come right. in to make a difference in their life. So, so you've got that part of it. And then you'll be able to relax and move around a little bit, move around the room. I think if you move around just like, you know, when you're playing the game and use right. some of that coaching because you have all the credentials. You have everything there. You've, you've experienced a lot of life. So you can use that and feel confident when you're there. Right. You're vulnerable but confident. And then what you want to do is make a difference and then and then be able to structure it. It's just like the game. You know, it's not a practice. Right? Right. Just going around. It's, it's everything is inside of that. So that the audience that's sitting there in the crowds, they're going to get something out of it. Think of it that way. Right. Okay. Yeah, you, don't, you really have it. Okay, don't, dis, don't discount those pats on the back. Oh, no. No, I don't. You have, no. Learn, to, learn to receive those as what they're for. You're there to see, they're there to, they're there to pour into you. They're there to encourage you. They're there to help you find out what you were doing that was right. I mean, the right. comments from Bastine, the comments from Corey, the comments from Law. All uh, those yeah. were added to you. So don't, you know, oh, this old dress. Oh, you know, wow, that's a nice dress. Oh, this old thing. You know, you really don't want to do that. You go. Know, right. So, you, want to, right. you want to feel high at the end of the presentation, okay? So right. the audience, that's what they made you feel. Now, when Phil and I would drive home after a presentation, he didn't want to hear the critique, wait till the next day. So I didn't critique him until the right. next day. But right. we're doing that now. So that's, that's you know, what the speaker needs right after they've done right. a presentation. But we just right. added the critiquing part that, you know, we might have given you the next day. And that's right. the learning tool for everyone here. Right. Now, I want to. I, I want to say. I, I hope I said it the right way. I was. I didn't discount. You know. You know what people said. What I was really trying to say was. And, but now, you Susan, you cleared it up. You said that's, that's what you guys had to set up. But I was. What I was trying to communicate was. I didn't want people to feel like they had to say that. Like if they felt like there's something I really need to work on, tell me. Like I can handle that. So that's what I was trying to communicate. So, but I definitely took the. the uh, you know the, the comments. I took them to heart, and I definitely appreciated them. Because um, you want to know if you're doing a good job. You definitely need to know that. Um, but I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of different, whereas, like, right after a game, the first thing that I do is I critique what I could have done better. Like, I, I, that's, like, immediate for me. So that's kind of the mind frame that I, that I operate from. All right. Well, let me ask this to the group. Does anybody want to rip him a new one? <laughs> 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 the floor is yours if you, if you feel like the spirit moves you. Oh, man. I guess not. Uh, uh, well, I appreciate all the comments. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I would encourage you to certainly look at the look at the tape, look at the films. Uh, are these are these comments and things that you and Susan said going to be on as well on the, on the recording? Oh yeah, everything's recorded. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. That's the most important part for people to do is to go back and, and rewatch it, and that way you can just listen and take it in where you're not having to try to remember everything that was said and then Stop. You can restructure it and then the next time you speak you'll be able to help you know add that in and i've seen it happen over and over law you know the people that have been part of this for a while i've seen the growth unbelievable growth and confidence right so and marketable programs they now have marketable programs <laughs> right so the next time so the next time that i do this i'm, I'm supposed to speak on the same subject if Is you it? want to, it's up to right. you. Right, right. But well, do you suggest that? Um, 
Yes and no. How's that for avoiding the answer? <laughs> Maybe. That's that conflict. Yeah, that's that conflict. It, it, all, it all depends on what you want to accomplish. You know, I think I could answer that question better once you look at the replay yourself and give us some feedback on what you're taking okay. away from it. Then I could give you an answer on okay. whether you should. Yeah, you certainly want to use this as a core. I mean, this can be the, the foundation of your speech that then you build around it. Uh, stories right. and examples and more of your coaching style. Right. More of what, who you really are. You know, who am I? Well, who am I? I'm somebody that wants to make a difference in people's lives. And that's why I coach young men and women in basketball or young men in basketball, because I know deep in my heart, if it wasn't for me, they may not have somebody in their life to make a difference. And that's the job I've been given. And how I've gotten here is because who I've been up until this point and then go through all, and then all the things you went through is what made you who you are today. Right. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God according to his purpose. Right. Okay. Anybody else for the good of the group or coach? I put a comment in the chat for him. Okay. Who's this? Michelle that G. Oh. Michelle, Michelle's going to be our speaker next week. Woo! That's right. Coach, she said, good job. Oh, you mentioned the name. She actually moved here, there in Kansas City. She's from Kansas City. Oh, okay, wow. Okay. What was that? I missed that. Oh, Michelle put in the chat that Coach Spencer mentioned the name that she knew. Uh, there in Kansas City because that's where she's from. Ooh, small yeah. world. When you when you mentioned yes, Super. Say it again. Sober. Ron Sober. Oh no, I said Ron Simmer. Oh Simmer. Okay, I thought you said Super. Okay. Yeah. Do you know um, him too? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got you muted. I just like watching you. You don't even need to have your sound on for us to get a kick out of you. Just watching you makes me laugh. Uh, you know, the funny, the littlest things make me laugh, and I crack up. Yeah, people said to me once, you're easily amused. Somebody said to me once, Sorrentino, you're easily amused. I said, yeah. I said, what, you want to go through life and be hard to be amused? Yeah, see what that gets you. Be easily amused, people. Okay, anything else? Michelle, let me put you on the spot a little bit. What do you think you're going to talk about next week? I am actually going to, my top um, title is The Scars Made Me. The what? The Scars Made Me. Ooh, girl. I like that. So it's going to be a light speech, a lot of, a lot of lightness to it, a lot of humor on it. <laughs> I will actually be contacting you all uh, later this week. Yeah, what we, we've done to a new format for people in the future. We've, we've been willing to work with the speaker before the speech. Now, coach chose not to. I have, I have a coach. I said, coach, you want to run it by through us once before you do your thing? And he said, no, I want to do it just myself, just from, from get-go. And I thought, I got to give him a lot of credit for wanting to do that. That shows that he really does want to take his, his, his uniqueness and build on that and not have input from somebody else. But also, Michelle, there's a lot of value to have Susan and I listen to what you want to do and give you a little encouragement, a little tips before you go and do it. So I, whatever the person wants to do is fine with me. Yeah, I just wanted, I wanted my first one. So because you, you said, I heard you say last week that the, the biggest jump goes from the first one to the second one. So right. I, wanted to see, I wanted to see what I could do on my own, you know, and then after that, now I want to get, I want to get like a lot of your input so that I can make that leap that you're talking about. Great. All right. Anything else for the group? I love, I love the you. group that, I, I love the scripture that was said about Romans. Yep. 
Well, I, I don't know if you've heard this like before either. Before every speech, as they're reading my introduction, I think of Luke 12, 11, which is when brought in front of the judge and magistrate, give not thought to the words I speak, let the spirit flow. So since I was in my 20s, before every speech, that's what I'm saying to myself as they're reading my introduction, to help me be present, to allow the Holy Spirit to be there with me. Because there's times in my speeches, things are coming out of me that ain't my stuff. I know my stuff. I go, this ain't my stuff. But they're coming through me because the Holy Spirit knows that that's what the audience needs at that particular time. So, yeah. Well, let me, let me, let, let me end this. I was, I was thinking that too, yeah. What, you're on? I have one more thing, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real quick, I have one more thing, too. For, uh, for Mr. Coach Spencer, um, that's probably what was happening to you, and I came late near the conclusion of your speech. But when you said, like, some of the things I probably didn't uh, realize or probably didn't think I, or I wanted to say, that probably was just your life from God. So that was right. just probably, uh, so yeah, yeah so. like uh, Phil was saying, like, that happens to him. So we do things unconsciously sometimes, but that could just be a, uh, God speaking through us, the Holy Ghost. But I missed, I only seen the conclusion, so I can't really, like, take too much feedback on the speech. Well, when the, when the replay's up, uh, you can watch it. Oh, okay. All right, great. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Anything else? Well, I just want to add one thing to what we all can do right now, because I've been doing it. Take out your phone and start flipping through your contacts and call some people you haven't talked to in a while. And be there as a resource for them. Be there as someone who, hey, Corey, I just thought about you. I thought I'd call you. How you doing? How you? How's this uh, virus thing working on you? What's going on in your life? How's, how's the job? How's the kids? Uh, I just haven't talked to you for a while. So you'd be amazed on how many people they appreciate the call. So I just challenge everybody here to take out their phones, go through your contact list and start calling some people and just tell them that you're here for them. And if there's anything you can do to help them right now, because you're involved with a pretty good group of people that are, our whole mission is to make a difference on the planet. And if you need anything in your life or you think I can help you, please let me know. Mm-hmm. All right, is that it? To quote that great philosopher, Porky Pig, da dee da dee da dee. That's all, folks. Love you. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Bureau Keynote. Join us tomorrow evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, for You've Got Five Minutes with Mr. Vastine East. Everyone have a wonderful evening. And then as we all close out, one more time for Coach Spencer and his wonderful keynote. Have a great evening. Great. Very welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. Our next guest is the CEO of a Facebook competitor. It is called MeWe. It is a next-gen social platform with a focus on privacy. The company has surpassed 5.5 million members. CEO Mark Weinstein with us now in a Fox Business exclusive. Welcome to the program, Mark. Glad to have you with us. So why the focus on privacy or taking advantage of Facebook's public stumbles? Well, Deirdre, I'm one of the guys who invented social networks, and it was never, social networks were never invented to be what we call now surveillance capitalism, which is what Facebook is. Their members are not customers to serve, their data to sell and data to target. So it really, MeWe is a full, fully, you know, fledged a social network with all the features people love. The privacy is a pr our privacy bill of rights. We don't sell your data. We don't target you. We don't mess up your news feeds. We have a freemium business model, so everything you love is free. And you can, you know, traditional capitalism, great capitalism. You can spend money on in-app purchases, or you can just enjoy the free service. There's nothing, you know, you can't be targeted for your vote or your opinion 
Um, it's social media the way it was meant to be. So then, Mark, honestly, how do you make money? Because we all know when we use Facebook, it's free for the user, but we know because we are not paying that we become the product. So that Facebook is gathering data on That's us, right. and I think some people even say Facebook isn't a social company, it's a data company. But then how do you make money? Are people paying your company for subscriptions? No, no, it's very important. MeWe is free forever. But now we know that the freemium model works, and MeWe, is, we're doing great with revenue. We have 2,800 free emojis, but we've got great custom emojis, custom stickers. So live people voice pay live you for those. A pay option. Right, and, and live voice, live video, secret encrypted chat. Uh, MeWe pages are $1.99 a month, but you reach 100% of your followers all the time. So for $24 a month, you don't have to boost anything. So if you have 500,000 followers or 5,000 followers or 10 million followers, you reach everybody. At Facebook, you reach 5%. you got to pay to boost, and then their algorithm messes the whole thing up anyhow. So MeWe is really true, pure social media. It's social networking done right, and people love it. So, yeah, we're growing organically with no ads, and, and, and we're not even marketing MeWe, and we're growing by tens of thousands of people every day. So, Mark, we have some stats about your company. As you're speaking, five and a half million users right now, which is impressive. But how are you going to keep growing that? Because one telephone is not so fun. Two telephones work. Basically, you need more people to sign up. Well, people are signing up, Deirdre, every day. And here's the beautiful thing about MeWe. So we also have some major, major deals that are not announced with some huge influencers worldwide. But even without them, we grew 405%. Last year, we're targeting, you know, we actually target, we'll have over 30 million members by the end of this year, over 150 million by the end of next year. We're growing twice as fast already this year. And people also move in groups. This is really, we have never seen something like this. So constituents move to people. So many people are censored or blocked or violated on Facebook and they all move to MeWe. So it, the growth is fantastic. Quick question, Mark. You say Facebook as an aside should not be broken up. Why is that? Listen, we compete with Facebook great. Snap competes with Facebook. Twitter competes with Facebook. Breaking up Facebook doesn't solve the problem that they are a surveillance company transacting data. By the way, also transacting data from non-members. They track all of us. Remember, the Cambridge Analytica CEO said they had data on 230 million adult, really every adult in America. Now, Facebook's new rules that you talked about today, that's a bunch of BS. Facebook has had rules the whole time. They break their rules all the time. That's the problem. The rules right. of Facebook mean nothing. Mark, we thank you very much for the time. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the growth. Thank you, Deirdre. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money, and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now, and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. 
So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy from what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal, from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, 
your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually for me to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, 
I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss, and all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True, but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there. And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if, the, if, it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. 
It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.